Welcome to Day 204 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Matthew Kresge and Katie Kresge. Uh, we're continuing our journey through the book of Mark. Uh, Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels, uh, but his story is so concise and so active. He's a fantastic storyteller. And he continues, you know, the journey of Jesus. He's broken it up in three parts. We talk about the ministry in Galilee. Then you talk about the road to Jerusalem. And the road to Jerusalem, he begins to define discipleship and call uh, the disciples out. And then, of course, the last part is uh, is the cross and the resurrection. And most of the Gospels major on that one part of Jesus' life, what he accomplished on the cross. All of his teaching and all of his miracles are leading to the even greater work of his life, death, and resurrection by which he has rescued us. Mm-hmm. So before we continue in the journey through Mark, let's uh, offer this moment and offer ourselves to the Lord. Uh, Katie, do you mind doing that for us? I don't know. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for who you are and um, how you have revealed yourself to us in your word. And as we read um, these accounts of what has actually happened, um, would you uh, bring it to life to us? Would you reveal more of your heart to us? And um, and God, would it not just be words on a page, but that it would be life-changing um, for us? And so thank you for the work that you do in us daily. Um, would you help us to submit to you and um, and what you have for us and be obedient, walk in obedience in that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Katie has said this is one of her favorite stories in the gospel. It is an endearing story. Mm-hmm. We pick up in verse 21 of chapter 5. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and his disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. 
and tell them to give her something to eat. So which part of the story do you like, Katie? All of it. All of it. All of it. But yeah. one striking thing, just as we read, is that kind of makes me chuckle are just like the little um, facts, like the little things that Mark throws in, like the very last sentence, he told them to give her something to eat. Yeah. like Because it happened, and that's just what happened. You know, if it was a made-up story, like he probably wouldn't have included that. You know, and, I mean? and after you've been dead for a little while, you're always hungry. You're really hungry. That's usually what happens. <laughs> like, it's like when you wake up from a really long nap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and of course, that's just, that's just how Jesus describes it. She's, a, she's asleep. And of course, that's an Old Testament you know, metaphor for many will sleep in the, in the dust. Mm. Uh, sleep, you know, for us or death for us is, is not final. It is kind of, you know, kind of like a, you know, a momentary respite. Uh, where our bodies will one day, you know, be resurrected. Yeah, so this is, you know, this is, you know, not a picture of the resurrection, but a picture of uh, the lack of finality that death has, mm-hmm. you know, in the life of those who trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have two characters here, and they're two very different characters as far as status and standing in the community and who you were. Yeah. Uh, you have Jairus, who you know, would have had high standing in the community. You know, very prominent position, person full of respect, and he approaches Jesus in one manner. And then you have this woman who would have been alienated from the community. Not only has she spent all of her money and every resource trying to get better, but uh, the particular ailment she had, the bleeding that she had, would have rendered her unclean. Mm-hmm. And so she couldn't have come into contact with any other believers. She couldn't have gone into, or any other person within the community. Mm-hmm. She couldn't have gone into. Uh, the temple precincts so it had separated her from god it had separated her from other you know human beings and of course that explains the way she approaches jesus mm-hmm. he knows that it would be completely different you know than jira saying you know come lay your hands on, on my daughter for her to ask jesus to do that would have been something that would have brought a lot of reproach on her as far as the way she had been conditioned to think. Yeah, and she was desperate. She was absolutely desperate for healing. I mean, she'd spent all her money visiting doctors that couldn't help her, and this was kind of like her last chance to try something for herself, and and she did. Yeah. And, and uh, Matt, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, I, I mean, I just love the details that Mark you know, shares in the story that you do. You have her suffering under this condition for 12 years, mm-hmm. and... And you contrast that with a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, I mean, these similarities in the stories, too, where we see, you know, you, you can't, I mean, you, you pointed out even just the differences, you know, Jairus being a, a well-respected man in society and a synagogue leader and this other woman who would have been probably, a, you know, a social outcast, originally unclean all the time and and feeling the the effects and the and the weight of those things. And yet you, they both find themselves in a helpless situation, yeah. coming to the only one who, you know, they, they believe can help them in that moment. And, and that's what I love about what Jesus does when he pauses with, you know, in the crowd and his disciples are saying, you're crazy. Everyone's bumping into us. Mm-hmm. You know, of course people are touching you. What are you talking about? And he wants her, he wants, you know, the woman to know that I'm not just a miracle worker. You know, it's not just my clothes that heal you or it's not just me. It's, it's the faith that you have in me that has made you well. And so I love that moment where he pauses. Um, but even, mm-hmm. even in that moment, I also love just, I mean, Jesus often operates on a time frame that's not our own, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I kind of always wonder if I was Jairus in that moment and, you know, Jesus stopped and, and began to ask questions, or maybe I'm a disciple, exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, you're crazy. Like, there's a girl that we got to get to who's dying. Why yeah. are you asking who touched you? You know, don't you see the, the, the things the way I see them? And, and just 
I mean, Jesus doesn't operate according to my time frame, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah, we need stories like this that remind us of just that. Yeah. And, and of course, you, you pointed out well. Both, you know, what both of these you know, people have in common is they've come to the end of their own resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman may not have been well resourced, but she has exhausted everything that she had, and mm-hmm. her condition has only gotten worse. And of course, as well resourced as Jairus might have been, ultimately it would have been ineffective when his daughter is about to die. Mm-hmm. And, and so both of them have come to the end of their own resources, which brings them you know, to fall uh, on their face in front of Jesus, you know, one afterwards and one before, yeah. uh, realizing that their resources were inadequate for their deepest need. And of course, that's a rich picture of the gospel in our lives as well, that however resourced we are, however much we lack in resources, None of our human ability meets our deepest, most profound needs, which can only be met in Him. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, necessarily for physical healing. Uh, it's for something that's much deeper and much richer. And of course, we continue to point out as we go through the Gospels that every um, one of Jesus's miracles um, and every one of His teachings is pointing to something, you know, far deeper, and that is our need uh, to be restored and made whole, mm-hmm. you know, through the Gospel. Mm. Man. Yeah, and I just love the compassion that we see in Jesus in both of these um, interactions. I mean, he didn't have to stop, and he didn't have to talk to her. And, um, of course, verse 29, I love how it says, immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. I mean, that is a beautiful picture of what he had just done for her. And then um, when with the little girl, and, of course, um, we read the Jesus Storybook Bible to our kids, and um, I know Tim Keller had a lot to do with some of the wording in that, right? He worked with Sally Lloyd-Jones, right? She are, she goes to his church. I don't oh, know. okay. So that, I, I know that know, I know that like he helps connected. her with that. She does. She does give him credit. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But like I know, I know Kitty's bound to be right on this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she is. I mean, I know that he had yeah. something to do with. It. So I know that the wording that she used in the Jesus Storybook Bible is um, similar to what he has talked about in one of his books, which is um, that Jesus says, little girl, it's time to get up, you know? And that just, that picture is just like, Jesus is loving this little girl where she's at. And I don't know, I just think it's just so lovely. And to me, it reminds me of his um, humanness, like in his compassion towards her. Uh, There's no doubt. And you've, um, it is you know, it would have been a common phrase you know if you walk into your kids room and say you know hey Jude time, yeah, to, get time up. to get up or you know hey Joe time to get mm-hmm. up and, and and of course that's the image he's used and of course one day we will hear those words as well mm-hmm. you know it's, it's time to time to rise yeah. and to come into his presence uh, and be with him and I I'm I love you know verse 34 how he responded you know, to the woman, you know, somehow in my mind I've seen the woman as an older woman with 12 years of suffering. She may have been uh, younger than he was, but but his response to her is daughter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, acknowledging, you know, not only, you know, uh, uh, acknowledging her relationship with the Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is, is kind of rich. He could have said, you know, sister is part of the community, mm-hmm. but he says daughter, you know, acknowledging her position as someone who is beloved by the Father. And I love that language, you know, as well. You have to love too, you know, just thinking about that kind of, you know, tenderness or compassion of Jesus as, 
Yeah, verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. I mean, he, he knew who had done it. I mean, he knew someone had touched him, you know, and he, he knew exactly who it was. And you love, I, I just wonder, you know, in that moment, if the woman, as she hears this, you know, who touched me, if, if she is just out of her mind, you know, scared, like mm-hmm. I, until maybe she locked eyes with Jesus and, and you know, because she saw him searching for her and locked yeah. eyes and realizes in that moment, man, it's safe to come to him. What, what, First we have. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask a question. What could sure. have been the repercussions, like, if he hadn't been so kind? Well, I did, we've, we've pointed out before, you know, in the Old Testament order, uh, for someone, you know, she would have had to come into that crowd proclaiming that she unclean. was she was unclean. Yeah. And it would have been, you know, it would have been, you know, kind of like, you know, coughing in somebody's face in a period of COVID or something like that for her to make physical contact, you know, with him. Because in the Old Testament order, whenever something unclean touches something that is clean, uh, the unclean thing defiles the clean thing. Mm-hmm. However, there's a reversal of the, that order here mm-hmm. uh, in Christ Jesus. Whenever the unclean comes into contact with him, it is made clean. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 socially, she is taking a huge, mm-hmm. a huge risk. Uh, you know, the, the, there could have been a lot of bitter consequences. Yeah. You know, yeah. not only in ridicule, but even he could have rebuked her. Yeah. You know, for standing outside. You know, for standing outside what the law required of her. Mm-hmm. But, but he, he did not. Yeah. And it's and you love that. You know, his you know his response to her. You know, daughter, your faith. Yeah. Your faith has healed you. Uh, which is you know the, the confidence you had in me. Uh, is what has brought that healing to you. And, of course, that's, yeah. again, a reminder to us in the gospel. It's our confidence in Christ that makes us right and restored, freed from our suffering, mm-hmm. you know, which is a great phrase uh, used there uh, in, in regard to our salvation. Mm-hmm. You have to love, I mean, just how freeing that first word would have been, you know, as you hear it come out of Jesus' daughter, mouth. Yeah. Daughter. You yeah. know, as you assume that condemnation's coming, you know, that, man, I got caught. I just wanted to touch the fringe of his garment. I didn't want it, you know, he shouldn't have even noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, I think, I mean, I don't know if Mark does it, but, you know, I, I think Luke says, you know, he realized power had gone out of him. I think he says it, doesn't he? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, he realized yeah, power had gone 30. out. Yeah, realized power had gone out. You know, he, he knew exactly, but the first word from his mouth is daughter and yeah. how that would have just, I can almost imagine, you know, trembling, going from trembling to just a big smile and realizing, man, I'm accepted. And I like that. She told him, you know, the whole story. Yeah. You know, um, so this was, you know, taking more time, <laughs> even still more yeah. time, yeah. you know, as he listens to her story and uh, and then honors, you know, honors honors her, you know, with that daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, shalom, God's mm-hmm. blessing, you know, in, in God's help. And, of course, I, I like, you know, Talitha really is, you know, little lamb, uh, you know, yeah. and rise. So it's kind of a you know it's kind of a nice uh, uh, you know nice pet you know pet name and, mm-hmm. and the endearing you know the endearing way that he addresses you know both of these yeah. you know in their in their deepest needs. I think it's fun too to see you know we kind of pointed at at the beginning but you know he then commands him to give her something to eat mm-hmm. but then over the next few chapters we're going to see Jesus cares about those things. I mean he's going to feed you know he's going to be on a, on a you know, hillside for a long time. Spoiler and alert. It's yeah. usually Katie that takes usually. us well ahead of where we need to be. But, uh, but I, I, I just love that. I mean, evidently you've been hanging out with Katie. You know, bit. you start yeah. re- like as you're reading the gospels and you realize, man, Jesus cares about 
the spiritual state of, of people, but he, he cares about those immediate physical needs as well. Yeah. And, you know, and here he is, you know, give her something to eat. There's 5,000 people, give him something to eat. There's 4,000 people, give him something to eat. <laughs> and we just see that theme. Yeah. Me, you know, many times we, uh, you know, of course, we get caught up in the physical, so we're usually more concerned about physical than spiritual. But a lot of times we can get so caught up in the spiritual, we forget that we are whole people before mm-hmm. God who yeah. created us in his image and loves and sustains us in everything, you know, that we are and that mm-hmm. he does care deeply, you know, not just about our spirit, you know, mm-hmm. he, he cares deeply about our person. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why we can cast all of our cares on him because he deeply cares for us mm-hmm. and we have run out of time. So, Matt, why don't you close us with a word yeah. of prayer? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for um, these stories that capture the heart um, of Christ Jesus towards us. And, and Father, would we respond in the, in the same way um, that they responded by faith, realizing um, that we are... We don't have the resources in and of ourselves to um, to save us, to, to even just do life in a way that we think we can. Uh, but, Father, we are completely dependent upon you. And so would you, um, would you continue to set that as a reminder before us? Thank you for the grace that we do have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the, the reminder in your word today um, that this is who our Savior is. Um, God, would we draw near to you in response? We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.